Hey Pinkers, I'm Mike Levy and we've got a special podcast today for anyone who loves to work on their mountain bike or follows the World Cup race circuit. I'm talking to Yannick Geiger, who has been Nino Schurter's mechanic for many, many years and, as you might assume, has all sorts of interesting stories to tell. Today, we're going to talk about the pressures of wrenching for one of the fastest racers in the world, how we ended up there, some of his favorite tools and jobs during a race weekend, and also some of the wild stuff he's done to Nino's bike to make it as fast and reliable as possible. But Yannick, I bet you've got a few secrets that you're not going to share with me. Am I correct in saying that? <laughs> well, for sure, I don't going to tell you guys everything, but there are some super interesting stuff which uh, people always ask. And uh, yeah, there we are. I'm excited. All right. All right. So before we get into it, I know you travel the world with the Scott team uh, for the World Cup circuit, but where the heck are you right now? Where's home? So between races, my home is in Switzerland. Um, it's in the region uh, on the Lake uh, Zurich. We have a pretty nice service course, like a warehouse where we store all the bikes, the parts, uh, where I also work. So most of the time when we are not on, on the road, I spend my time in the service course and uh, plan plan all the races, the, the material, uh, which bike has which athlete at home, which race bikes are in, in my hands. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where I am and uh, where I actually spend every day uh, when we are not uh, on around the globe. I am picturing the most amazing workshop that one could ever imagine. Am I, am I correct in that assumption? <laughs> well, more or less, yes, for sure. I mean, it's it's my kitchen. I always said, and um, it's always that clean that I most likely work without shoes. So most of of the people are thinking, which which are uh, riding the bikes nearby and uh, have a visit, have a want to have a stop here and uh, drink a coffee they always say hey come on dude you work without shoes what what happened if for example the hammer uh, falls down so um, yeah yeah it's yeah. always super clean and i love it without shoes to work so it's, All right. it's the greatest the greatest uh, place for me it's it's uh, definitely a cool cool warehouse yeah all right, so we're going to get into some tech stuff first, but let's let's go way back before we do that. And I want to know how the heck you ended up being a wrench for Nino on the Scott team. Did you start off working in a bike shop, I assume, and then go up from there? Exactly. So it, it's actually started the way uh, when I was a, a kid, I, I was super into uh, gymnastic and my dad basically brought me into cycling um very early so i i enjoy the free time on my bike and therefore i always enjoyed even more working on bikes and for sure i literally fucked up a lot of stuff on on my dad's bike which he got uh, a couple of times super angry on me but i guess there it started super early when i was i don't know 12 years 13 years old and um, I, I got the passion to work on on mountain bikes and um, 
my friend and myself we we try to tune them uh, make them faster already there and so i i was it was for me obviously that i want to work on bikes so i did a apprenticeship um which is in switzerland uh takes uh, takes you three years and um then you you do a test so you graduate graduate and then uh yeah you're basically available on the market and um one of my best uh, buddies uh, matthias rupp uh, he was already in the scots ram team which was uh, back then um a different name it was called uh, scott swiss power nino shorter was already on board a couple of other super fast athletes like florian vogel and so on frishy was still racing uh, at that time and i i kind of over my friend he he asked uh, if i can join a, a race just as a as a help and um it was super early it, it it was like 2005 i was the oh. first time uh, with the team it was just uh, i was there to clean the bikes and uh, did like the super basic stuff <laughs> and uh, it was it was super fun because i was like always looking up to thomas frischknecht uh, back then and um, suddenly i saw him and uh, i i could could work for for that team and it was like super crazy i just get the goosebumps if I if I uh, think back, and uh, it's cool. So that's interesting. If we go back, you just said that you had to do a test to be a bike mechanic. Um, I've I've worked in bike shops for many years, as have a lot of other people, and I, we don't have anything like that in North America. We have schools you can go to and those sorts of things, but I don't think any mechanic in any of these shops here have like had to pass a test to be a mechanic. So in Switzerland, is that a, is that a common thing? Yeah, basically our system works like each, each, uh, apprenticeship you're going to do is always part-time, um, pra uh, practice, uh, in a shop, uh, in a bike shop. And, and I had one day in school, four days I was working in the bike shop. So, so my, my uh, boss uh, learned me how to to service bikes, how to run the business, basically. And in school, you have more like the theoretic stuff uh, to learn. And on the end, after those uh, three years, you do, first of all, a theoretic test in school. So like all the math and... Um, and uh, um, all all the the parts and and so on and then you also have a practice test which you build a wheel you do you mount a, a light with the wire with a, with the dynamo um then you do a fork service and um on the end you get a you get a um a note and if you passed uh, you get your certification that you that you are a bike mechanic and and then you are available on the market and this system works more or less on every job uh, if you're a barber if you're a, a sale guy uh, and so on so that's kind of the 
the European or the Swiss Swiss uh, way to to enter yeah. uh, on the market. Yeah. yeah, if if we go back to two thousand five, in those pits for the Swiss power team, <laughs> can you tell me what you were thinking? Like how how scared and nervous were you during that first day wrenching for Frischi and Nino and the rest of the team? Uh, that's uh, that's actually quite a funny question. So for me, it was always, I, maybe I was a little bit nervous or I was always looking up to these guys and uh, because I, yeah, it, I, I never, I, I've never been, you know, the feeling of a fan and now I can work for them and that's super cool. And it was always my job, which I loved to do. I wanted to service those bikes. I want to have, give them the opportunity to, to have the fastest bikes, for example. So when, when I started, I was more, um, a help mechanic. So I was cleaning bikes first and I could do the easy stuff, which, uh, um, adjusting brakes and, and, and gears and, um, back then Erwin Wildhaber was the, the head mechanic and he always uh, after my work he always checked it just to be sure er everything w works well and race after race I could do um, do the first uh, World Cup races and, 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 and so on so we got more and more after years but I was never for sure, I was like stoked to to be part of the team and and to work for for the best athletes and and. But I was not really nervous. Actually, that's that's quite uh, funny. Huh? Yeah, I mean that's that's impressive to hear. I think like I remember working in the bike shop and just being nervous about customers watching me and stuff work on their bikes. Mm. Like, let alone a world cup race is starting in 20 minutes and I'm swapping this guy's tires oh. or whatever, you know, everybody's watching. I couldn't imagine the pressure, dude, so much pressure. Yeah. Well, that that's for sure the worst. If a customer is watching you work on a bike and something goes wrong or you have to yeah. drill something, that's a, <laughs> that's a nightmare that, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I will, I will be on the same still now, even if I'm so experienced on, on, on bikes. Oh, yeah. But customers is a is a different story than uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the customers That's just cool. like watching you run a tap through their bottom bracket threads or exactly. something. You're just sweating bricks. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> please look away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I give you yeah. I give you ten bucks. Go and uh, buy a coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've also I found it interesting. Um, the people mountain bikers who have worked as a mechanic for any amount of time they it's almost like they seem to ride their bike maybe a little bit differently or they 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 definitely care about how their bike works as well you know because they're they've seen a lot of the broken things they've seen what mm. could happen um do you find the same thing like would you say that you you ride your bike maybe differently because you're so experienced and, and knowledgeable about these things i wouldn't say different Maybe the the difference between an athlete and, 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 and a mechanic 
is that we know exactly which noise, for example, comes from where. So yeah. I stop immediately if something sounds different. And then because I'm, I'm, I'm used to work only on, on always the top bikes and the top models, I know exactly what it is in, in seconds. And, and I guess that's the difference. So I wouldn't say I, I, I ride it different or, or my setup is different, but for sure I, I know pretty fast what's going on on, on the bike. Yeah, you're, you're more aware than someone who hasn't been working on bikes like you have for so long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Uh -huh. I've, I've spent lots of time around professional racers, downhill and, and cross country. And it almost seems like they're split down the middle into the racers that are super picky about their bikes. You know, they, they know what they like. They could feel it when their handlebar, like if you were to put a two millimeter spacer underneath their stem, they would know, you know, and yeah. then there are also the racers on the other side who they almost can't tell if their suspension's locked out, you know, or like, you know, what kind of tire pressure they're running or anything like that. I imagine you would prefer to work for the former over the latter. Um, but have you had both of those experiences or do you find that most world cup racers are, you know, they're, they're very aware of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a super cool question. Actually in our team, I would say we have at the moment four athletes, uh, which is Nina Schurter, Andre Frischknecht, Lars Forster and Kate Courtney. So these athletes know exactly what they're talking about. Uh, you you can't fake something, for example. They they feel every millimeter on on the the saddle height. They feel a different crank length. So I I more love to work for these athletes, which are a little bit a little bit more picky on 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 stuff than the opposite, because there you don't feel the challenge, you know. Because at the moment you 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 have to deliver. You always have to be um, on point what you're doing. So you cannot, let's say, uh, say, well, it's good for now. You always have to be sure it's hundred percent, and that's kind of um, pushed me as well to always deliver the best bikes. But for sure, I I've experienced also the others because I work. Um, uh, on big events like European Championship, World Championship, and Olympics, for sure. I work for the, the national team for Swiss uh, Cycling and Swiss Olympics. Mm -hmm. And there I also always um, also work for juniors and uh, under 23. And I mean, that's also super cool because they look um, up to also to to the mechanics and then you're you're almost kind of a father you play a father role so you teach them how to clean a bike proper how to maintain your bike and and uh, that's kind of cool to to also give them some advice to say hey dudes you, you have to you have to think about your bike it's not only racing and 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 uh, and uh, um, 
yeah have fun on the bike you you also have to kind of maintain it and and that's that's kind of cool because the sometimes there are some some riders out there they have literally no no clue oh, yeah. about bikes <laughs> but they're still so fast i'm jealous yeah. in a way like i it, wish it, i didn't it, care <laughs> it's actually also cool you know sometimes those who have those who have no clue at all they are super fast yeah yeah i wish i could be them but instead of overthinking <laughs> it you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah um okay what about what about this so in other sports uh like if we look at like formula one racing or like other forms of racing a lot of times the mechanic um sort of works for the racer or the rider now i i know you're i assume you're employed by the scott team and and not just nino but do you do you feel like you like you're nino's mechanic or scott's mechanic let's just say like if nino left to go to another team would you would you be going with him i guess is my question is that how that works or um i'm hired by the scott's ram team which belongs to thomas frischknecht so it's his company basically and uh, I have my contract uh, with him and um, I'm the head mechanic on the team, but for sure um, the most uh, well-known rider in our team is Nino. So, um, and I've been working since now, that's my 10th uh, season, 100% wow. for the team. Yeah. And literally since there, maybe on one or two races, uh, another mechanic was working on, on Nino's bike. The rest, I, I did every single race by my own. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, I, I, I look at it, me and say, I'm the, the head mechanic, but for sure also Nino's mechanic on the end, but yeah. Yeah. Dude, how cool is that? You work for Thomas Frischneck. Like if you think back, yeah. Think back to like 12-year-old Yannick, you know, messing up his dad's bike. And now you work for Frischi's team. That's pretty, That's got to feel amazing. Yeah. There is actually a super cool story, which which I told uh, Thomas um, where just yeah, recently. Um, I, was, I was, before my apprenticeship, I was already a huge fan of working uh, – on bicycles so i tried to sneak in in a bike shop um just as a help mechanic uh, so it was in, in school time in switzerland we have wednesday afternoon we have a, we have a free day or a free afternoon so i was working in a bike shop already there and it was also a, a an ex-pro professional it was uh, his name was thomas caliber um he also was um, junior uh, world champion on mountain bike. So and and Frischi and uh, and and Thomas uh, Culver, the owner of the bike shop, they they were friends. And one oh, one go. Wednesday, I was there just uh, unpacking uh, bikes, and he walked in, and I was literally, I was super super small. I I couldn't even look at the the work table. I was that uh, small. And then Frishy came in and was like, "Hey, dude, is that uh, 
children work you're uh, offering to <laughs> to this kid child labor and, uh, yeah exactly and that was like i was like well i was so nervous thomas came in frishy walked in the in the bike shop and he said that to me and that was like happy but also angry and and uh, after many years working for him i told him the story and uh, it was so ridiculous i mean yeah when i think back he he walked in and, and and said this to me and 15 years later i work for him that's kind of the, the best story ever yeah it's so so cool yeah that is amazing we should probably talk about some tools. I bet you have a whole bunch of cool, interesting tools. So first, do you use one of those crazy, crazy travel case toolboxes? Like the, it's like the gun case thing, custom made. <laughs> Is that what you use when you go to races? Nope. Oh. I, I, I pretty love them just uh, to look at, but they're super unhandy. And I, I'm like a practical guy I, I would say so i love to have it as small and light as possible so all these cases um i kind of like but they're too heavy they're too too big to travel mm -hmm. so if i travel i my my suitcase with all the tools which I, I, I need the press press tools for bottom brackets and all that stuff is about 13 kilograms. Oh, um, I don't know in pounds or, or so. So, uh, yeah, maybe 20, 21. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's or much lighter. Heavier. Yeah. Than I expected. So I, I want to have the lightest, uh, like toolbox or like I, I try, I have a bag which I can, I can hang, hang on, um, on the table. And when I travel, I, I do it actually in my regular suitcase. And then, uh, then I, I still have, uh, 10 kilos for, for my clothes and, and, and stuff. So yeah. that's my goal to have actually the lightest, toolbox around and not super fancy heavy robust and big because all the other me mechanics they they have to travel with a couple of suitcases and i i'm i travel light so that's yeah my... you've been doing it long but, enough you've slimmed down exactly but i, I definitely lo love it uh i just had uh, recently the idea also to jump on the train and do one for me but yeah i don't know Maybe if I, if I have free time, yeah. but uh, not really. <laughs> I know that, I know that some people listening are going to be thinking about their, you know, their titanium hammer or their super mm. expensive hex key set as their, their favorite tools. You've got to have a favorite tool, I assume. What, what is it? Well, for sure. My favorite tool is um, like the tools I most likely use. So definitely the, the Torx 25, um, but the, the very special tools are um, self-made. So um, guys, be yeah. patient, but there will be something around which you, you're going to see soon. All right. Um, which which uh, literally is a, is a cool, cool tool. Yeah. Okay. 
What what tools do you use most during a race weekend aside from hex keys and a T25 Torx? Um, what tool are you reaching for the most? The hammer. Oh. No, that's a show pick. <laughs> the saw. Um, the saw, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm, it, it's a good question. Um, most likely, it's probably um, the Newton um, meter tool. The torque wrench, yeah. Torque wrench, sorry. Yeah, torque wrench. Yeah. For all those home mechanics listening... Always use your torque wrench, says Yannick, Exactly. Right? <laughs> so definitely, definitely, this is why I, I fucked up a lot of stuff of my dad's bike because I was tightening them too much. So, And he, yeah. he had already back then like super cool bikes, which I almost ruined. And um, yeah. No, I mean, for sure, we have it in the feeling. We know exactly um, how, how to tighten a bolt, but for for... All, yeah, I would say for people who want to work on the, their own bikes, always use a torque wrench. That's the best. Yeah. And I, I mean, you're working on some pretty specialized lightweight stuff that's a lot of times carbon fiber. So it's very torque specific. Are you using, you know, anti-slip uh, compound grease on a lot of this stuff and, and that kind of thing? Yes. Um, yeah. Always when we, we got the new bike, basically, I, I tried to analyze uh, a lot of greases, different stuff um, on, on which part. So I want to be sure that the stuff I'm going to use uh, works the best. So for sure, bottom bracket, we have a press, press uh, in bottom bracket. So I use some carbon paste there and... and, and there's a system which I kind of develop over the years, which works for me the best. And, uh, and I stick exactly like always on the plan. And if there is something new to, tr to try out, I, I always do it on my bike first. Mm -hmm. And, and if I like it, I, I show it to the boys or uh, the athletes. And then if, if they are keen to, to also test that, uh, then I do it there as well, but they have to give me some feedback. So um, I always um, ask them, "Hey, how did how did you feel? Uh, for example, the chain loop. I, um, yeah, how long does it stay? Or, or mm -hmm. and so on. So it's always it's relied relied always on on testing a lot of testing, a lot of feedbacks, which which is super important in racing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Would you say that you spend a lot of time out testing stuff with Nino, like more time than you spend at races? Not really. So we, we, we had some testing blocks, which we always do um, very early on, on in the season. So the first training camps are basically a training camp, but also um, a the, the place to test because we are the first time with um, most likely some some new parts on the bike uh, either way in Tuscany, Italy or in South Africa mm -hmm. where we test a lot and during the season we don't want to uh, add some new parts which we, we, we don't have like a certain amount of tests 
So mm -hmm. we believe in in how do you say reliable stuff, which we always used and 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 can say, hey, that works hundred percent for for racing. But for sure, um, sometimes. Um, when when we get some interesting stuff uh, we, we're gonna try it out uh, immediately because we we always want to be ahead of of other competitors and uh and uh, we are actually quite an innovative team which which uh yeah we we want to mm -hmm. have the best bike actually to to race against the other ones yeah yeah i imagine it's it's a balance between having you know the the lightest most reliable bike but also knowing that the parts you're getting they're going to work they're not going to let nino down a lot of effort goes into the goes into his races and there's only so many of them a year so you don't exactly. you don't want yeah. something bad to happen in one of them when there's only seven or eight of these things a year you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's true Let and i i guess i guess winter in switzerland is always a good a good uh, testing platform because uh, it's a rough, rough um, condition. So winter for sure, and then all the training camps are the the best uh, time to test uh, new products. Yeah. yeah, let's let's go to a World Cup race weekend and talk about that for a few minutes. I want to know what it looks like for you, just sort of in general terms. So first off, do you? travel to the race with nino's bike like are you in possession yeah. of his race bikes usually and i assume he has a practice bike that's how that works yeah so he has each athlete in our team has a practice bike at home uh, which is basically the same setup as the race bike uh, which the race bike is in in my service course uh, of before races and and after races, I yeah. take care on, on that. So you feel like it's your um, bike, don't you? <laughs> almost, yeah, almost definitely. Yeah. So they're they're like in in the best conditions ever. So after the race, I do a, a fork service, suspension uh, service. I I maintain all the bearings on the bike. So my system is actually to to travel to the world cup um, with already a setup which they they can ride immediately mm -hmm. so i check the weather forecast um i i talk to the athletes they they should tell me which chain ring you're gonna use already for practicing the course so because it's always hectic on on the the course events um i want to prepare as good as possible in the wor workshop because there yeah. i'm alone i can be focused and 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 it's clean it's it's dry so i prepare the bikes for sure super good um before we travel and um i bring the race bikes and the athletes travel with the practice bikes Okay. So we have always two identical bikes on on the race courses. Okay. So when Nino gets there, you've got his bike out. He he grabs it. He goes and does some laps, some practice laps, and he comes back. How does that play out? Does he come back? And sometimes he's asking you to change some things, whether it's gearing, tire, suspension. Does that happen? Yes. 
I mean, that's that's the the I would say for sure all the World Cup courses they are more or less uh, similar to previous years. The the places where we travel, let's say uh, Alpstadt in Germany or Novemesta in Czech Republic, they are already since many years on, on, on our uh, schedule. So the athletes, if, if they didn't change the course, I do also notes which tire they, they run last year, which chain ring they, yeah. they rode Special last setup. year. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I take my notes. I, I do it similar if, if we didn't have a, a, a new parts or a, a new fork, uh, um, so we, we, we have, we have the, all the information and, um, they, let's say Nino goes on course, he comes back and say, Hey, um, let's try a different tire. And then I mount the tire and then he says, okay, for this condition, I'm going to race this one. If we have a little bit of rain, I'm going to use this one. So he has exactly a plan A and the plan B, which is, um, super cool for me to prepare so i have enough time to prepare and and then we don't have to talk that much you know it's like <laughs> you read each other's minds <laughs> yeah because he has that plan and then i just ask him let's say if if the weather is changing hey you want to skip plan a and gonna go to b and then he says no no we stay we stay on that setup and then then it's clear so it's it, to work with nino is super cool and super easy um but for sure you also have to deliver yeah yeah he sounds somewhat easygoing but also i mean he has to be demanding he has to just of course he expects his bike to be absolutely perfect i'm curious mm -hmm. how how does nino compare on that front to some other racers would you say that nino is more picky or particular about his bike setup or maybe it almost sounds like he might be more easygoing because you guys have such a good program and you guys have a decade of doing this together so it, it almost sounds like it's easyish at this point um yeah i mean i see i see what the athletes uh what the effort is how they train how they uh, check the nutrition how they recovery and and i see how their life looks like so it's obviously for me to also give 100 percent, and i i don't want to choke around so it's kind of cool to see that that they're giving the best so i also want to yeah. bring my my best into the game and that combines the, the whole story and i guess that's uh, that's for sure a part of the success we have over the couple of years uh, he knows what he wants and uh, that's kind of pushes me as well so it's 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 cool to work with with the team with uh, him and also with our sponsors which are super great um to work with uh um, we we are a team which gives them a lot of feedbacks uh, to develop new stuff to 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 make it even even better and uh, yeah 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 the the amount of effort that these guys and girls put towards their racing career like it is 
insane. Like their whole life has yeah. to revolve around just this for them to be able to exactly. perform at this kind of level. So obviously like you don't want to have an issue come up because you forgot to tighten something or anything like that. Yeah. I, I do want to tell you a story and then I'm going to ask you a question. So first I'm going to embarrass myself and then I'm going to ask <laughs> you a similar story. So many, many years ago, probably 15, 16 years ago, a friend bought a new bike and I rushed to build this thing before the store closed and uh, he came to pick it up and he goes for a ride and he texts me a few hours later and you know what I forgot to do? The cotter pin that holds the rear brake pads in, the little pin that goes through the caliper. I was so rushed. I forgot to put that back in. His freaking brake pads fell out of his rear brake and it was fine. He didn't crash. It was okay. But yeah. when you're when you're when you're working on bikes, there's a ton of stuff to do, and sometimes you're rushed, and sometimes you make mistakes. Now, mm-hmm. I know you've never made a mistake on Nino's bike, but <laughs> can you recall any any issues or like have you ever have you ever forgot to do something and it was like, whoa, that was a lesson learned. Hmm. Don't think so in that kind of. Uh, huh. That's still why you're. That's thing. why you're still working with Nino. You haven't made any of those probably, stupid mistakes. Pro- probably, yeah. That, <laughs> that saves me uh, my job, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, for for sure, for sure. It, sometimes it's it's like we are we are super in a hurry. Um, we have to change a crank super quickly. Um, or or something like this. Uh, maybe never something fell fell off, but for sure you didn't tighten it too much, mm-hmm. uh, which which then um, they uh, they mention hey something gets loose or so. But maybe once or twice, yeah. a pedal or a crank. That that's yeah. that's it. Yeah. Do, but yeah, you... I, I know the feeling. It it it's like, holy crap! How did that happen? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, dude, they depend it's... on us. And then we messed yeah, up. It, it, Shit! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my job. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you use a checklist over a race weekend, or is it just in your head? It's in my head. Yeah. I mean, since since I'm, that's that's kind of. Since uh, I did my apprenticeship, I I started. I still have the same system actually. So my my system is to work from the from the back of the bike to the front. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I leave, like let's say, if I get a phone call or if I have to go to lunch or um, if Nina wants something and I have to leave the bike which I'm working on. And I walk back. I know exactly where I I stopped because yeah. I see I see it immediately on my system, which is in my head, where I stopped working. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's something which I also um, uh, guess that's the best uh, to develop for for uh, all the bike mechanics out out there. Uh, make sure you have your own system and always stay on that then not nothing can happen actually yeah well i could say at least we have one thing in common i do the same thing i start from the back checking bolts move my way forward to the front of the bike yeah yeah Yeah. uh are you 
Are you working the pits as well? So like the last race where Nino got a flat, are you changing his flat? Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude. So I, <laughs> so hectic. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the tell worst. Me, tell us about that. <laughs> so it, it's actually it, it's actually quite cool because you're standing in the in the tech zone you you cross your finger that nothing happens during the race and for sure you you're a little bit nervous uh, your your heart rate is a little bit higher than than usual and then it comes the phone call <laughs> free she calls me hey you know has a, a flat rear rear wheel yeah and then i was like ah oh, god okay so I, I i prepare myself you know then i okay which wheel i take this one the tool i prepare everything then you you have to breathe like in and out easily stay so, calm stay calm exactly the, the key is the key is to stay calm and then my my phone rings like in seconds i get text messages from all over the world because they they text me, hey Nina has a flat. Hey Nina has a flat. I guess they're and watching, I guess, live. They, yeah. They're watching live, and and because it's a little bit, uh, let's say, twenty seconds behind, uh, they're yeah they're they're want to tell me all my friends are calling, and it's actually <laughs> cool. But in the other hand, now it's like fuck, you you can't mess that up. You <laughs> have to be as quick as possible, you know, and. Um, in Czech Republic, public, um, it wasn't my my fastest one, but I guess it was it was um, around twenty seconds, which is for a back wheel still fine, I would say. That sounds but, about three minutes faster than me. <laughs> but I'm not happy, you know. It's it's like, yeah, you want to be as quick as possible. So yeah, dude, but, yeah, you, I mean, you did that pretty fast. No, it, yeah, I know, I know. I know. And on the end, I, I tell myself, well, it, it wasn't my mistake. A flat tire is always a rider's mistake, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and then, yeah, the, the race goes on. It's, uh, I... but the feeling, the feeling is crazy. I mean, the whole, you, you think like the whole world now is watching you. They are. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Don't fuck up, Yannick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the cool thing, you know, there are athletes which are, standing next they want to help they want to get the hands in 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 the wheel change uh, and nino is super cool he he takes his bottle he drinks he he cools him down and he don't even say something hey you have to hurry or whatever so he knows exactly that i try to be as quick as possible so he leaves me working and uh yeah and that that's kind of the cool thing uh from him he leave he leaves me doing my thing and yeah, he doesn't scream at helps. you to hurry up <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> uh do you do you practice those pit stops i assume that you do um not really that's the fun yeah. the fun thing no uh because it's always so different you know i mean you can train that but it's not like formula one is always uh, you have your 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 box. Uh, it's paved road. Uh, the weather is for sure different. But in mountain bike, the the tech zone are not always straight. Uh, it's maybe yeah. you're standing in grass and uh, and the bikes comes in 
um, super muddy and and the riders they I mean for sure we tell them hey you have to shift uh, you have to shift uh, um, as, as far down as possible but sometimes they just ride in as, as they come and then you have to you you do you do your job we don't we don't train that but i do it for myself you know i i i i get the, the movements um in my in my brain in my head and that that stuff i train um in in my workshop alone yeah so but never together so we don't we don't do that like if a that uh, an athlete uh, rides in and I, I i change a wheel we don't do that yeah let's move on to nino's race bike and some of the interesting stuff you might be doing to it to make it faster or a lot more reliable mm-hmm. or easier to ride i don't want you to give away all your secrets because i'm sure you definitely have some secrets so let's let's start maybe with bearings i assume that you are taking out all the stock grease out of bearings or maybe using ceramic bearings in places and Am I right in saying like Nino wouldn't have any seals on his wheel bearings? Is that correct too? What do you what do you do in the bearings basically? Correct. So all the bearings you can find on on our bikes or um, especially on the race bikes they're tuned. So there's no grease or let's say on some on some uh, bearings not much. Uh, yeah. We we have some special oils. Uh, which we uh, just loop them nicely um, for super dry races. We even take out the seals um, regularly. The inner seals they're out anyways. I take them out, um, and then it's uh, only the the out seals or even without. And yeah. that's definitely for sure for all the bearings, like free hops. Uh, even the pivots, um, yeah, and the so, pulley wheels too. Even pulley wheels as well, yeah. Wow. You, so the thing is, they don't last longer, but for sure they they turn. Yeah, you don't quicker. care about that. You just no. need it to last two hours or an hour and a half or however long it takes Nino to yeah. beat everybody, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. pulley pulley wheels is a little bit a different story um, because. The dirt can goes uh, the dirt um, picks up super quickly there, so these seals I leave, mm-hmm. but it's it's uh, only looped. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about drivetrain friction for a few minutes because I think that's a big one. Um, I know like racers who take things really seriously. You can buy these like pre lubed chains that are supposed mm-hmm. to offer like you know next to no friction. What are you doing to Nino's? drivetrain is his chain like completely free of any lube whatsoever and then you're putting a little bit on it like what sort of steps are you taking to make this thing as frictionless as possible so that that's a a good topic um i also love to do i i talked uh just recently to to uh, ceram guys um because for me that's that's a, a very interesting thing in my eyes let's say all the producer of chains should actually also produce their own loop oh. which is made for for um, 
wet conditions and dry conditions because they produce a chain and yeah. they don't they don't um offer their own loop which which should actually made for for the chain you know wait 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 so you're saying you're saying that a certain brand of chain works better with a certain type of lube while another brand of chain will work better with a different kind of lube is that what you're saying we're talking details here yannick <laughs> um yeah it's it's a super big topic and i i tried a lot of stuff so it's it's and i still figured out which one is the best so far i yeah. have my favorites and um it's it's definitely also super difficult on which areas you are on the planet so south africa yeah. is completely different than europe or or south america or or yeah so it's it's i have my let's say three to four different stuff which i also for different races which i gonna use yeah but um yeah i tried over like wax and and uh let them let them like for for two days uh like so soap in and and, and so on and yeah. which i i do super picky and you know then i tried on my bike and uh yeah but is it we, you didn't we, like that well i kind of like it but they're super quickly noisy and that's yeah. that, that's what i hate if a bike has a noise then then i don't like it <laughs> right right but friction friction on the chain um is actually also quite interesting i can say why does nino always run such a big um front uh, chain ring is not only mm -hmm. because he's super powerful it's because of the friction so as right. bigger you goes you go with the chain ring in the front as less friction you have on on your drivetrain right that yeah. that's a super interesting things to know actually um which which a lot of lot of athletes or mechanics don't even know yeah and then with the bigger chain ring he's obviously going to spend maybe more time on the bigger cogs exactly. which is then even which... less friction exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. even if you have more more or less like the uh let's say the chain runs quite di diagonal how do you call it yeah on an angle yeah cross uh, chain on a yeah exactly which it it's not super bad but it's it's definitely still less friction than uh, a very tooth uh, chain ring right right yannick I remember years and years and years ago, you and I were at a press camp together and we were just <laughs> casually talking about stuff and you just offhandedly mentioned that you brew your own chain loop, like some kind of like super dork. Uh, you're not, it doesn't sound like you're using that anymore, but if we go back, um, what, what was the goal there? Were you, you were just looking for like the lightest, fastest chain loop, it sounds like? That's next um, level stuff. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, miraculix. I was uh, brewing my own stuff. Um, mm -hmm. No, I I was not happy with um, with with stuff um, 
what was on the market. So I try a couple of things to, to add to, yeah. uh, to, to, uh, already, already existing, uh, loops. Okay. And I was, I was actually quite happy. I, I think I still have some. I have to find it. That's a good, yeah, that's an a good special uh, formula. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it's still in one of the drawer to take it out and, uh, and check. It. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was actually quite fun to, to do that. And, um, and stuff like that. I love, I mean, that's, that's definitely not uh, regular mechanics, uh, things, but, uh, it's cool. Yeah. You're looking for marginal gains with that shit, aren't you? Small things mm. at this point, yeah. like it's, it's small things. It, it all adds up. You know, it sounds corny that marginal gain things. It's obviously that phrase is overused, but that's, that is exactly it. Yeah. And you have to try stuff out. I mean, that, that's, that, that's how it works, you know? Um, and, uh, sometimes you fail, um, but maybe you, you, yeah. you get, a that product, uh, you, you always, uh, wanted to look at and, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we are super close to our sponsors, which uh, we, we we give the feedback actually. Um, hey, we we need this and this. Uh, how about this idea? And um, and that's quite cool. So we have uh, we have super good partners which yeah. listen to us, and um, they they always can deliver what we are asking for. So that that helps a lot yeah. too. In a way, that's that's also part of your job as well. Like, obviously, yeah. your main focus is to make Nino's bike fast and reliable, and you know, help him when he has a flat tire in the pits. Do it in twenty seconds or less. But at the same time, you're also you are providing feedback to your sponsors, and they're building and changing stuff differently depending on what you tell them. I imagine, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about tires for a minute. Uh, cool. That's a big, big topic, I imagine, for someone like Nino racing XC. I picture you having like a giant, giant container of tires and weighing them all and then only putting the lightest on Nino's bike, even if they're just like three grams lighter. Am I out to lunch or is that what you're doing, Yannick? <laughs> it's, it's actually funny. Today I was, um, I was uh, just store... Uh the new um, shipment of the tires yeah. and I literally did almost the whole day. I, I weighed them, I marked them and, <laughs> and I'm right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, I do with white paint. I, I, I mark the weight on each tire and then I, I even search them um, in, in, 10 grams um uh, how do you say so yeah so yeah. E each one has their own stock and then i ask myself okay now what's going on i have like three different uh stocks so these yeah. are the lightest these are the heaviest what happened to them so one the heaviest ha has probably the most rubber on and the lightest maybe to less so i go for the middle ones oh really yeah you don't because, just run the lightest interesting yeah well you never know maybe something was wrong there yep that, that's true maybe there's not enough rubber and then he could get a flat tire you know exactly exactly oh wow interesting and and then i store them uh in a dark shelf so where no light uh 
and comes comes in and then they only get uh, used on world cups and uh, world championships oh shit yeah all you hopeful world cup mechanics i hope you're taking notes here (laughs) (laughs) are you are you putting sealant on race day is there tire sealant in nino's tires or is he running them dry do you drain it or does he race with tire sealant um Normally, they they race with tire sealant. Okay. Because these days, um, what happen is most likely on race courses there are not that many thorns or uh, let's say glass splitters uh, around, which causes um, causes a, a flat, which the sealant would 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 um, um, close. Most likely, they have like a, a pinch flat. Yeah. And we we kind of made made um, the conclusion if if they run it with a little bit of sealant, it might um, the air goes slower out than without. So, speaking of tires, we're seeing a lot of racers, a lot of riders use tire inserts from trail bike riders to downhillers, obviously cross-country riders and even we're seeing them this year being used on road races in road races so does nino ever race with a tire insert do you guys test those things yes there, there was a, a time where we compared a lot of these uh, tire inserts um also we still use them sometimes if it's super super muddy just to to lower the air pressure um uh, a, a little bit more to to get more traction but yeah. in dry conditions we we don't use them anymore yeah. i think the need of 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 the tire inserts came um a couple of years ago when the the rims were got wider and wider but the tires were actually still draw on on narrow rims so what happened they basically just um stretch the tire on on mm-hmm. wider rims but the tire was exactly the same or was drawn for for narrow rims so that was not right in my eyes so what we did we 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 asked maxis and said hey we need some wide tires 2.4 minimum on 30 millimeter rims and uh, they said well that that's uh, something cool, and they draw these tires. We we race uh, these days. They throw um, tires on thirty thirty millimeter inner width uh, rims, and since mm-hmm. there, the need of 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 uh, uh, tire inserts was not anymore here because. Even the tire was super nicely in the rim and, and everything worked well. And um, why should we add more weight if it right. works without, you know? Yeah, and makes sense. I think I think the tire and the rim has to work together. You, ca- you, cannot, you cannot just uh, buy a super wide rim and, uh, and buy a 2.25 tire. Um, yeah. on a wide rim that doesn't work you know a tire has to be made for a, a wider rim 
Right. Yeah. But it was for sure uh, super interesting um, to to test also all these different uh, things. And I guess on on some on some bike races or on road on Paris Roubaix, for example, I guess that's not a bad idea to to yeah. kind of run that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to point out that we're talking about the highest end of World Cup cross-country racing. And we're talking about running 30 millimeter wide rims and 2.4 inch wide tires. Things have changed, which kind of, yeah, which kind of brings me along to my question about dropper posts. We've seen Nino and, and other <laughs> racers use dropper posts. I've seen some people say things like, Sometimes we don't see XC racers using a dropper post because then you have to make other changes to the bike, like maybe a heavy duty rear tire, heavier duty rear tire, because the racer will be going faster on the descents. Mm -hmm. Is there any truth to that? Like when Nino runs a dropper, are you changing other things on the bike because of that? Um, not really. I mean, okay. it it it's actually funny that the whole career of Nino, he was always the last guy who who jumped on on the train you know he was oh, like really? su su super long on a hardtail which all the others uh jumped on full suspension um then suddenly he jumped on the full suspension and was like dude why did i not ride a full suspension even <laughs> early that's racers like sick, don't like know? change they don't exactly, like change exactly. <laughs> and and z post because he is such a technical uh skilled athlete he he took his time to to still ride it without and um he all always mentioned well if i mount um if i run like a dropper z post the weakest point will be the tire because I, yeah. I literally leave my brakes and I just uh, run my, my, my downhill through all the rocks and stuff. And yeah. which, which is actually true. True. I mean, the weakest part on, on the XC bike is still tires because yep. we are on a, such a high level of less weight and, 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 and all, all that, uh, things it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But we don't change. We don't change. Um, we don't go for a heavy back tire or, or whatever. Okay. No. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, lately, Nino is only riding dropper seat posts. True. Oh, yeah. He knows about that good life, the easy life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get well, that he, seat he, out of the way. He, he, he gets older, you know. That's uh... Right. I feel it. <laughs> uh, since, since we're talking about droppers... Uh, Nino obviously runs a, a RockShox Axis dropper post. Man, I've seen you do some pretty interesting things with electronics, like hidden mm. buttons and stuff in the grip. Can you talk a little bit about that? I don't see any other mechanics doing that kind of stuff. Well, the thing is why we we run it with the, a blip. Um, it's, it's called with a blip button and, and the blip box is because the Scott bikes, they have the, the twin lock lever, which is um, connected to the suspension. Yep. So you have uh, three options. You have um, open mode, you have drive mode, and then you have lockout. And the problem there, the shifter for, or the twin lock lever is only 
below on the left yep. side. Mm -hmm. And RockShox deliver for the drop receive post below left side. Yeah. And there is no space for that. So it's it's crazy. I, I tried everything to kind of sneak that shifter somehow in to glue it to glue it on or do different mounts. So no chances. So we had to to think about different solutions, uh, which obviously are from SRAM and uh, the blips uh, in Nino's bike is uh, stored in his grip. And the blip box, um, I, I, I first uh, mounted, mounted it in the frame. Yeah, I but, remember that. But sometimes, sometimes um, it happens like electronics just before the start, uh, no connections anymore or whatsoever, some water, um, yeah. which, which causes a, a connection problem. And lately I said, hey, we have to mount it outside. We have to get access um, to that blip box. If last minute something, we have to change anything, we have to get, uh, get there easy. So we took it out and now it, the blip box is uh, obviously on, on the handlebar. It's not a nice option, but it, it's for racing for sure the smartest. Yeah, it makes sense for racing. You need that access. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you test that setup on your own bike first? Yes, I can't ride it. That's like, <laughs> it, it, it's literally. <laughs> it, he uses his point finger to to kind of reach reach that the dropper. Yeah. But I need my point finger on my on my brake. Dude, he's not I, touching I have, the brakes. I've I have no with them. clue how I have no clue how he is doing that, but he seems to be happy. He likes it. Yeah. 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 Uh is Nino running Axis and all that stuff? Like a, a wireless drivetrain as well then? Yeah. 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 Since, Are you since many years. Yeah. Yeah. Are you modifying still... that as well? Are you doing anything different um, there? No. Not by my own. If if I have to do something, I uh, I get in contact with the SRAM engineers. Yeah. Ask them if that is possible. Um, if if they have like a solution for for that stuff, and um, they they always help me out uh, if I have a special wish. Yeah. 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 You you mentioned something interesting earlier. I didn't expect you to say this. It sounds like you do the suspension work on Nino's mm. race bike as well. I would have thought that that would have his fork and a shock would get sent off to rock shocks, you know, or the truck at the race or something like that. But you actually rebuild and tune those as well. Yeah. Well, not always. I mean, sometimes, um, on racetracks, I like to, to bring it to the, the special specialist. So, uh, yeah. to the, to the rock shocks truck, but at home in, in my workshop where I have all the tools where it's, um, let's say dry and, and, uh, and cozy to do that. I, I literally love, love to work on suspension. So yeah. I, I take my time to, yeah, take the grease out to clean the everything out and, and do it, uh, super nicely back together. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's for sure like almost, um, 
um, meditation work yeah, to, yeah. To, to do that. Yeah. I think that's for a lot of people working on their bikes. You know, you put on some music and you just yeah. get into it. And it's, uh, yeah. you know, before you know it, a few hours have passed and you're in a better mood and the job is done, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. How do you how do you feel about electronics on bikes? I know some mechanics are sort of conflicted about this. Like, I think the stuff is super interesting and super neat to work on. And and we talked a bit about that remote that that you made, like the flexibility that electronics bring. But I could also see why a mechanic would just be like, "Man, give me a cable." You know, like I know what a cable does. I can see a cable. How do you how do you feel about electronics on bikes, just in general? I I guess it's it's the greatest innovation um, since l- long. I guess uh, getting more and more uh, with electronics, the potential is super big. I mean, the shifting we we literally had one failure on on a one race in uh, on the World Cup in Albstadt, which we back then was racing uh, a prototype um, yeah. of the of the current uh, shifting and since there never anything happens so it's so safe i would say for sure if you if you uh, run out of battery and all that stuff yeah but on the other hand i mean the parts are so easy to mount it's so easy to maintain um, Bluetooth, um, it, it, it's so easy and it works. I, I, I literally don't want to go back to, to shifting yeah. cables. Um, let's say on, for sure on cross country races, that's the future. Um, if you are going to do like crazy long, uh, stage races, yes. Why not going for mechanical shiftings? Yeah. For for a cross country racer, well, I should let's put it this way. When I'm breathing through my eyeballs, climbing up a hill and it's like some too super technical section and like you can't even think, let alone see where you're going. The electronic thing to me makes a lot of sense because you just touch you're hitting a button. You don't have to yeah. push a lever a certain amount to get a certain gear. This is just like hit the button, you get the gear and you're good to go. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's um, that's the that's for me uh, uh, a fun thing to to watch or to analyze all these kids which are now in junior categories or under 23 they have no clue how to shift you know <laughs> they are they are the generation of ipads and swiping Dude, of they've of, never of... used a front derailleur <laughs> exactly so what the hell <laughs> in in the worst moments they shift and it sounds like uh, a I don't know, a car crash uh, or, yeah. or whatever. They have literally no clue. And that's that's actually crazy. So I'm wondering the 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 like the the parts in future they should uh, they should have made for for yeah. the young generation. You know, like you you should be able to to shift in full full power and it should work super smoothly. That's that's uh, hopefully uh, the future, yeah. I think all the juniors, they should have to race using triples and yeah, skinny exactly. handlebars with bar <laughs> ends. Like, bar just ends, so you ends. know how shitty it was. <laughs> I, I literally still have bar ends in my warehouse. 
from, yeah. from back then. It's, it's, she, cool. Just it's cool. Just surprise Nino at the next race. When he shows up, just put him on his race bike. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> he, he run, he run once like 590 millimeter handlebars. Oh my with, Lord. With, uh, bar ends. That's different crazy. times. Different yeah. and times. zero, zero degree, like no sweep, no sweep, nothing, like <laughs> straight. Oh, yeah, that's that's nasty. I'm sure that bike handled like absolute shit, but at the time, like we didn't, we don't, you don't know any better. No, you know, no. you just want your you want your handlebars so skinny that the ends of your brake levers touch in front of your stem, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a nightmare to to store all the like the shifters and all that. They're stuff. the cables, yeah, yeah, yeah. cables, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's move away from tools and working on bikes and some tech stuff and. Wrap it up with something a little bit different. From your perspective, like obviously you've been working with Nino for a decade and you're you're the mechanic, that's your main job, but how much of your role is also being there for like mental support and, and offering positivity when he needs it, or maybe maybe uh some tough love when he needs it. I d I don't know. How how much of that is also your job? Hmm. Nino's been doing it for a long time. Maybe he doesn't need that anymore. I don't know. <laughs> he basically didn't need it the whole career so far. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's in that point super good. I mean, he. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing um, can stop him. If you say something wrong or or so, just before a start, I guess for sure you you take care on on what you're saying and you you always um, spread out positive vibes and and um, they like some some powerful music before the start and uh, mm-hmm. and I guess if you if you have an idea how they feel before a start and and, and think about what would you do or what would you like these treats are are good for the athlete as well so yeah uh but for sure yeah that it's it's an important thing all the mental the mental um part of an athlete is a is a big story i guess yeah and yeah, no uh doubt. i i don't i don't think that's a part of my job but maybe it is already. I, I don't know. But I, I did a coaching because of that. I was uh, actually, I asked myself, hey, what what's what happened if I say something wrong? Let's uh, call a mental coach. I want to know that, you know? Oh, really? So I, I did, yeah, I did some lessons just to, to kind of, um, to kind of, yeah, say something good or, but just, it, it, I was wondering if, if, yeah, so this is why I did that. And it was actually super helpful for, yeah. for me privately, but also for, for, um, yeah, for the athletes. But, that is, that is super interesting to hear. I mean, we've spent the last hour and 15 minutes mostly talking about, tech and all the things you do but there is 
definitely another another side to this. There's, there's more to it than just weighing tires as well, too. Like you got to yeah. be on the same length as your athlete, same wavelength as your athlete, yeah. and kind of you know gel with them well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you ha- you need to have the feeling how how the athlete feels five minutes five minutes before the start and and um let's say physios and and mechanics are the last person on the start line um which which see the athlete so if you say something right they they can ride a like yeah the hell out the hell out of uh yeah of, of himself yeah. and if if you say the the wrong stuff maybe you can completely um break them you know so yeah. so that was the question to myself hey what should i say or how should i treat them and um, this is why i did that and that's an interesting thing for sure yeah 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 exactly a whole other side of it so all yeah. right yannick before i let you go i got one last question for you do you have any advice for aspiring mechanics who dream of getting to your position one day? What would what would you tell somebody who wants to do your job? Be passionate. Yeah, it's. It, I think I think the love to to work on bikes, um, not to work for athletes, but to the bikes. I mean, if if something new, uh, like a package with new parts, comes in. The whole world has to stop, so the time stops, and then you pack it out, and you're, you're yeah. like, oh my god, what, what, what is in there? And then, and then uh, you, you're gonna mount it uh, immediately and uh, want to ride. So, for sure, the passion uh, to mount the bike, and 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 yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a hard job we are doing. It's it's uh, long days um a lot of hours but it's super fun i mean the bike industry is such a cool circuit and uh and being part of such a such a young young circuit it's it's super cool actually yeah, yeah but, amazing i mean passion to bikes and uh to to ride bikes and uh that that's uh yeah maybe you kids out there uh being in my position someday yeah awesome all right yannick thanks so much for the insight into what it takes to be a world cup mechanic and a peek into your day-to-day life on the circuit and if you guys want to see more of yannick's adventures he's yannick the mechanic on instagram all right i'm gonna go spray all the grease out of my wheel bearings now so maybe i'll be able to keep up with casimir at the next field test good luck in the coming races yannick and we'll chat to you soon 